Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. We're continuing our series called Freedom as we go through the book of Galatians. And today uh, we're going to read from chapter 5 of Galatians. We're going to read the first 16 verses of chapter 5. A little longer reading, but uh, cover some good stuff, including uh, this first verse, which to me uh, is basically uh, the, the main point of this entire letter. Um, and so let's begin Galatians 5, starting at verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to everyone uh, who accepts circumcision that he is obliged to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. The Apostle Paul mincing no words there uh, as he, uh, you know, kind of takes it to the people that were teaching false things. Um, so uh, we have some guests here today. First of all, welcome if you're visiting with us today. Uh, we love having you here, or if you're joining us for the first time at home. Um, you may not realize that uh, during this time of COVID, when so many people are still watching at home, we like to do some things that are kind of interactive and keep people engaged. And so one of the things we do is we ask some questions throughout the message and give you a chance to respond. Uh, so um, you can respond either if you're at home watching online, you can jump on the live chat for YouTube or Facebook and put your response there. Or if you're at home, or especially if you're here, uh, you can text your answer to this number. It is 407-842-8884. And Pastor Chris will be getting those and relaying some of your answers to me so we can talk about them. And so here is the opening question for today. It's this. What is the one thing you look forward to most about heaven or about living in the kingdom of God? What is the thing you look forward to most about that day uh, when you get to be with the Lord in heaven or in his kingdom? Uh, you can, again, jump on the live chat or text your answer to 407-842-8884. 
And while we are waiting for those answers to kind of come through, let's start talking about the text. I said before I read it that this has the verse that kind of, for me, it really sums up all of the book of Galatians, and that is this sentence right here. For freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. What a glorious statement that is. Uh, Because it talks about how Christ has set us free from the things that used to imprison us, from the things that used to enslave us. Inherent in this statement is the idea that before Christ came or came into our lives, we were not free. In fact, as we talked about last week, we were held captive, imprisoned by the law, which pointed out our sin, which condemned us to death and separation from God. Without Jesus, we would still be captive to those things. Without Jesus, we would have no hope of eventually overcoming sickness and pain and suffering and death in heaven and in his kingdom. Without Jesus, we would not have the Holy Spirit that empowers us to actually do something in the world, to actually change the world for the better. Because of the gospel, we have been set Free. I know it's a little early, Pastor Chris. Did we get any? Oh, okay, great. Let's let's have it. All right. Yeah, a lot of people uh, checking in uh, with this one. Um, probably the number one uh, thing that I'm seeing on the text thread here at 407-842-8884 is no more stress, no more anxiety, no more pain, no more sickness. Uh, Kyle says that he'll be thankful he doesn't have to brush his teeth anymore. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, uh, Pain-free, eternal joy and peace. Uh, Let's see what else we've got here. Yeah, the overwhelming one is no more sickness, no more death. Yeah, that's something that affects so many. You know, when we get... Oh, two more. See, they're popping up like crazy. Seeing God's face and uh, someone said... They, they have a lot of questions when they get up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, people always have that. Uh, that's a popular answer. So all these questions we want we to ask and, and find the, out the answer to. And usually, though, I, here's my kind of hot take on that, is that when we get there, we won't care anymore right, about right. all of those questions. Yeah. Um, maybe we will, but, you know, uh, right. yeah. Um, also, uh, Kyle's uh, point brings up an interesting theological question we could ask, which is, is bad breath a consequence of sin? Uh, or could you, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I especially like the stuff about no pain, no sickness, no suffering. That's what our freedom is. That's the freedom that we have in Christ to look forward to, right? Plus the freedom that we have now, the spiritual freedom from sin and death and evil. And so we want to hold on to that. And so the Apostle Paul says in the very next statement, stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I'm reminded of uh, when we look at the, the stories in the Old Testament of, of God's people in the Exodus, you know? God, they're, they're literally enslaved in Egypt, and God, by his mighty hand, takes them out. They see the plagues that he sends on Pharaoh and on Egypt. They see the parting of the Red Sea. God literally appears to them as a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of, like, cloud and smoke during the day. And yet when they 
get out in the desert, living this life of freedom now, present with the Lord. Every time they face some kind of hardship, what do they want to do? Go back to Egypt, where they were slaves. That's exactly what happens when we want to go back to living under the law. When we uh, want to go back to making our life, our Christian life, primarily one of obedience, primarily one about making sure we don't sin, primarily about keeping ourselves pure, all of which, by the way, is impossible to do by our own strength and will. So what it really becomes about then is keeping up appearances and making it look like we don't have those things. When we do that, we put ourselves back under the law instead of under the grace and forgiveness of Christ. Why would we want to do that? Why would we want to go back to Egypt where we were slaves? My second question for you all today, uh, what's one big fear or phobia that you have? What is one big fear or phobia that you have? Um, go jump on the live chat, or you can uh, text your answer again to 407-842-8884. If you haven't been here for the previous parts of this series, here's what's going on. Here's why the Apostle Paul is talking about these things in this letter that he wrote to the church in Galatia. It is because there was a group of people, sometimes in Scripture referred to as the circumcision group, sometimes simply referred to as Judaizers, uh, that wanted Christians to also keep and obey the law of Moses that was from before Christ came. And the number one outward sign of obedience to that law was circumcision. So that's why, if you're wondering, what is all this about circumcision? Why are they talking about circumcision? That's why. It doesn't really mean anything to us today. Uh, but back then, that was a sign of your obedience to the law of Moses. And they were telling people that if you wanted to be Christian, before you could receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ, you have to be obedient to the law of Moses. And that starts with getting circumcised. And I think that their motivation for that was fear-based. And it's not just a, a guess. We can kind of see their motivation in the counter-arguments that the Apostle Paul makes. Because the Apostle Paul was always having to defend his view and make people understand that he was not saying that the law was bad or sinful, just that its purpose was not to save us. Its purpose is to point out our sin. And so from that, we can see that they were afraid that by teaching free grace and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, by teaching a life of Christian freedom, they were afraid that indeed Christians were saying that the law was bad. They were saying that maybe, you know, it wasn't from God or that it was sinful in some way and we should abandon it. All of their tradition, all of their beliefs that they have held for all these generations... Basically, their reason for existence was being wiped away and would cease to exist. And so they wanted to require people to obey the law so that they could retain the law before they could have the gospel. 
It's actually another way you can look at the old parable of the prodigal son. Usually, we look at it from the part of the prodigal son because, to be honest, in that parable, we're all the prodigal sons. We're all the ones that have sinned, and then God freely forgives us and brings and draws us back to him. But in this case, those people in that circumcision group, they were the good son. They were the ones that had kept God's law, that had obeyed God, that had been with God the whole time. And now there's these Christians that had been off doing who knows what. And they're coming in and now they just get to be in. They just get to be forgiven without having to do any of the things they had to do their whole life. That seemed dangerous to them. It set a dangerous precedent, and maybe they also felt a little jealous. Pastor Chris, yeah. what are people afraid of? Well, Pastor there? Matt, the overwhelming number one answer of what people are most afraid of are snakes, and that is the correct answer. Snakes are awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, man, uh, I like this one. Will Zachariah said, absolutely nothing. I fear nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just don't want the spiders to smell my fear right now. <laughs> so that was good. That was good. Um, all right. Let's see. So uh, snakes, spiders. Snakes, spiders, but some more serious ones. Uh, something happened to our loved ones. Um, and then, uh, and it, let's see. Um, the other big one was... Um, being afraid that they won't see all their loved ones in heaven, uh, ah. being afraid um, that one of their family members won't be saved. That was a big one as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. For me, normally my go-to answer for what I'm afraid of is heights. Uh, in fact, that's what I said at 8 o'clock. But I, I did have a rather frightening experience yesterday. Uh, my wife and I were out working in the yard, doing yard work and stuff, and like uh, tearing out all these bushes uh, that we were getting rid of. And uh, I felt something crawling on my leg, and I looked down. I was wearing jeans at the time, and I looked down and I realized it was not on the outside of the jeans. It was inside. <laughs> something was crawling up my leg, and I was just hoping that it was not a spider or a snake, either one, and uh, turned out it was just one of those little lizards. Those little friendly lizards. But yes, for a moment, I was quite frightened uh, of what that was going to be. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, I, we're afraid of a lot of things. And uh, the Judaizers were afraid uh, that people were going to say the law that they had grown up with was bad. I think we still have fear today. I think fear drives most of the objections when we talk about Christian freedom, spiritual freedom, freedom from the law, freedom from condemnation uh, and judgment. Uh, people still have a fear, but it's a little different now. Now I think the main fear is that somehow by talking about that, somehow by saying that we are going to give license to sin and to do evil. That by telling people we can be forgiven for anything and that God does it freely by his grace that somehow we're going to encourage people to go out and do terrible things. In fact, sometimes people completely reject the idea of Christian freedom because of that. They think that can't be what it's saying because it would do that. But sometimes even in cases where they do accept it, they're like, I mean, it's pretty clear in Scripture. We've been seeing it over and over again here in Galatians. 
Not to mention other places that talk about how we're saved by faith alone. Uh, they'll accept it, but then they'll say, but you know what, we shouldn't talk about that. You can't tell people that, though. Because if you tell people that, then they'll just go do whatever they want. I'm reminded of a quote. Every week on Friday we put uh, some questions, some of which I ask uh, during the message, others I just put out there for you guys to start thinking. And one of them this week that had everyone perplexed of, of how this was going to tie in was I asked people, what's your favorite quote from Benjamin Franklin? And uh, here's mine, and I think it applies to today. He said this, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Now he was, of course, talking about government oppression and physical freedom and uh, rights under the law and things like that, but I think it also applies to our discussion of Christian freedom. Because when we don't preach the freedom of the gospel, when we don't live in the freedom of the gospel, we lose it. The stakes are high. Here's what the Apostle Paul says again from our text today, just to remind you. He says, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. See, if we go back to putting ourselves under the law, if we go back to making our faith about our own obedience and our own righteousness, then we're not putting our faith and trust in Jesus. Those are some high stakes. Salvation and eternal life itself. Can freedom be scary sometimes? Sure, of course it can. We like that comfort of being told what to do. Makes us feel safe to be within these boundaries. Just being out there, everything wide open, that can seem scary. And yes, sometimes freedom can be abused. Yes, sometimes people will use it as an excuse to justify their own sin or other, you know, dangerous or evil behavior. But you have to realize, first of all, that when that happens, it's really just more law. It's not actually living in Christian freedom. It's just that instead of the law of God, which clearly they might be breaking, we create our own law based on our own desires and the things that we want, and then we live according to that. But that's not really freedom. Because freedom isn't just freedom from something. That's a part of it. Freedom from sin, death, condemnation, judgment, all of those things. We are freed from those, but we are also freed to something. We are freed to pursue a new purpose in life. 
In verse 13, Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. See, we were freed for a purpose, for a mission. And that mission is to serve one another in love. And so Paul says in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we want to live a life that is pleasing to God, if we do want to avoid sin and not go back to that yoke of slavery, the way to do it is not by giving up our freedom and going back to the law, but it is by proactively living life by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Think of this. If you, if you have a bad habit that you're trying to get rid of, What's the best way to quit that behavior? Is it just to tell yourself, I'm not going to do that anymore? Or is it to replace it with something else, something better? If I'm trying to eat healthy and there's a piece of cake on the kitchen counter, am I just going to stand there and stare at it and go, I'm not going to eat it? I'm not going to eat it. What are my chances of success if that's what I do? I'll tell you, I'll eat that piece of cake eventually. But if I decide, you know what, I'm not just going to stay here with that cake. Either I'm going to get rid of it out of the house or I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go for a ride or, you know, I'm going to go uh, play guitar for a while or I'm going to do something else that's enjoyable that's going to occupy my time. Then I have a much better chance of not eating that cake. That's why so often people that have addiction issues that get over them, you find that they get really into something else. But that's healthier. Keeps them busy and keeps them from thinking about that thing they're trying to get away from. When it comes to living in Christian freedom, it's the same thing. It's not that we give up our freedom and go back to the law. It's that we exercise our freedom by living life by the Spirit, by loving and serving our neighbor. If you're so busy living life by the Spirit, loving and serving your neighbor, you may still sin, but guess what? You're not going to be using your freedom as an excuse to just satisfy your own desires. That's what freedom is. That's what true freedom is. Living life by the Spirit, forgiven and made new. And in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.